0: Many folks would say that today is the day that makes Christianity unique among the world's faiths and religions. We spent the last several weeks of the Lent season looking ahead to this day, Easter Day. I'm sure that most of us, probably all of us, came in this morning expecting that we would celebrate and center in on the glorious and happy ending that Easter brings. It makes perfect sense since easter sunday is without a doubt the most celebrated day on the christian calendar today we get to be a part of a worldwide celebration and we get to do it with bob smart in the house <laughs> and all of you too but uh i'm glad my dad didn't know you were coming he would have probably tipped me off What a sweet surprise. Today is one of those rare Sundays when probably every church everywhere is talking about the same thing, the fulfilled promise, the empty tomb, the resurrection. Easter gives us a reason to celebrate, and let's be honest, if we didn't believe at least in the possibility of Easter, what would be the point of our faith? What would be the reason for us gathering here, not just today, but any Sunday. Easter is a big deal for us Christians. And just like Christmas, the other most popular Christian holiday, Easter has its elements. Just as Christmas features the manger, the star, the wise men, Easter too has its familiar pieces, the cross, the garden, the tomb. Then there are those pieces that both of our big moments share. Something we find in both the Christmas story and the story of Easter is the presence of angels. In the story of Jesus' arrival, it's the Christmas angel that announces that earth's hope has been born. The angel that we read about today, the one that I call the Easter angel, appears to announce that that hope cannot be buried or hidden within a tomb, or at least not for long. But we must be honest, Jesus was buried, at least for a day. And not only was He buried, He was dead. This past Friday, the day before yesterday, many of us gathered right here in this space to mourn that moment when Jesus would be crucified. Together, we read the story of His final meal with His disciples, the drama in the garden, the betrayals, the trial, His crucifixion, and His death. If you've ever had to say goodbye to someone you love because of death, then you probably know the feeling of sitting through their funeral, riding along in the procession to the place where they'll be buried. You know the feeling of that final amen at the graveside and watching as they're lowered into the ground. You know what it feels like to have to walk away and leave them there. When we walked out of here on Friday night, that's just what we did. Jesus was dead and He was buried in the tomb. Then we got up Saturday morning and we went about our day. We ran errands. Some of us came to work in the yard here at the church. And maybe you meditated or you exercised. Maybe you took a walk or maybe even a run. Maybe you cleaned the house. Maybe you took the dog to the park or worked in your own yard. Maybe you visited friends. Maybe you saw a movie, read a book, or went on a hike. Whatever you did, just like the rest of us, You probably did what you would do on most beautiful spring Saturdays. And you did it just like Jesus was still alive. But He wasn't. He was dead. But why? Why would Jesus still be dead on Saturday? I mean, if He had the power to rise from the dead on Sunday, why didn't He just do it on Saturday? Or why didn't he just do it later in the evening on Friday? One of my favorite theologians and preachers is a guy named Tony Campolo. I've mentioned him here uh, before on several occasions. And it's usually this time of year that the sermon that he's most known for is quoted. And I've seen it quite a bit this week on social media with images and memes. The sermon is called, Sunday's Coming." I think maybe he first preached it back in the 1980s, and th- since then it's kind of become a go to for many of us around this time of year as Tony's preached it in churches and gatherings around the world. You may know it more for its long title, its full title, called It's Friday. It's only Friday, but Sunday's coming. Here's a little excerpt, and it sounds a whole lot better when you have that Philadelphia preacher Tony Campolo preaching it, you know, with that fire. I remember seeing him one time out at Robert Shuler's church out in California, the big crystal cathedral out there, and this little fiery Tony Campolo just going at it. It's only Friday, but Sunday's coming. He says it like this It's Friday. Mary's crying her eyes, crying her eyes out because her Jesus is dead. But it's only Friday. Sunday's a coming. It's Friday. The disciples are running around like sheep without a shepherd. But it's only Friday. Sunday's a coming. It's Friday. Pilate strutting around, washing his hands, because he thinks he's got all the power and all the victory. But it's only Friday. Sundays are coming. It's Friday. People are saying, As things have been, so they shall always be. You can't change things in this world. But friends, it's only Friday. Sundays are coming. It's Friday. Satan is doing a jig and saying, I get to control the whole world. But devil, it's only Friday. Sunday's a-coming. It's Friday. The Bible says the temple veil ripped from top to bottom, the earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs opened. The centurion screamed out in fear, truly he's the Son of God. But it's only Friday. Sunday's coming. I love the imagery. I love the thought. On Friday, everything looked glim and dark, and we were in despair, and death seemed to rule the day. But it's only Friday! Sunday's coming. I love to hear my friend Tony preach this sermon, and I've been really fortunate to get to know Tony and his beautiful wife Peggy over the years, and they've become dear friends that I love and cherish. And watching Tony share this perennial message makes me sing. He's reminding us that the story of life and hope and promise didn't disappear with Jesus' body. He's reminding us that those things are still a thing even when we can't see them or touch them or even hear their voice. I love this sermon. It's only Friday, but Sunday's coming. A lot happened on Friday. And it happened in the light of day. It had to because the Sabbath was about to begin. And at some point after the last breath left Jesus and before the sun went down, Joseph of Arimathea approached the cross, lowered it to receive the body. He carried it, lifeless and without breath. He carried it along with every hope. Every dream and every memory he had of this man who had changed his life. He carried it to a tomb. And he laid it there, expecting it would be there forever. That was Friday. And now, suddenly it's Sunday. But you know what's missing? A whole day is missing. There's a whole day that happens between Friday and Sunday. There's a whole nervous day of unknowns and sadness and fear and disappointment and frustration and outright anger. The government is anxious on Saturday. On Saturday, Pontius Pilate, the governor, instructed guards to be posted at the tomb so Jesus' followers and others wouldn't remove it. That was Saturday. The believers are scared and sad, worried on Saturday. His followers are still trying to process this rapid-fire series of events that seem to be going well, really, during the traditional celebrations. And it went suddenly wrong and not long after this fantastic Passover meal that Jesus and His disciples had gathered together, everything just went wrong. There are some traditions that honor this day, this Saturday. They call it Holy Saturday. They and all of us see it as holy because we see it from this side. We see that Saturday. That holy Saturday. We see that good Friday after thousands and thousands of Easters. We see Friday. We see Saturday through the lens of Sunday. Those who were living it before there was that very first Easter, they may have called it Hell Saturday. Simply put, we cannot see Saturday, or Friday, or even Sunday for that matter, as Jesus' first followers did. And we can't experience it as they did. It was the author and historian Barbara Touchman who referred to these series of events and others in our history as flash-forwards in history. She says, when we read stories of our history, we can read them calmly and with assurance because we know the outcome. But those who are living it and experiencing the moment just don't have that assurance. And that was what Saturday was. It was torturous for those who were there. Jesus had died and there was no way to know if He'd return. But it's our centuries-old perspective that attaches the word good to days like Friday, the day that Jesus was crucified. I can't imagine there was anyone there that day who believed in Jesus' message and received the benefit of His comfort and His healing touch that would look on that cross that day and call it good. For us, most of our days really aren't like that Friday. We're fortunate that we don't have to spend most of our days as Jesus' followers did that day. But on the other end, most of our days are not like that Sunday either. Filled with unexpected delight and sudden new life and new resurrection. Most of us tend to live much of our lives like that Saturday. And I hope that we can appreciate them. As theologian Balthasar said, let's not rush too fast to Sunday. Let's squat in the tomb for a while. Let's sit on Saturday. What he's saying is this. Let's learn from Saturday. Let's learn its lessons. Let's gather its wisdom. Let's be strengthened by its experience. Because truth is, it's very likely that we'll have a whole lot more days like Saturday than we do Friday and Sunday. Won't we? Friends, I know that I'm a day late with this. But let me say about all your Saturdays, and I hope my friend Tony doesn't mind. And I wish I'd thought to say this yesterday. It's only Saturday, but Sunday's coming. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the Bluegrass United Church of Christ podcast. We'd love to have you join us for a service sometime. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 500 Don Anna Drive in Lexington, Kentucky. You can find us online at bluegrasschurch.org.